0: Hey, everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 95 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. If you're one of the people that watch on YouTube, yes, I know I'm still in my living room. We're still doing some home reno type stuff. And uh, well, it's not going great. I'm still in my living room recording my podcast, Uh, not in my office, not in what I call my studio. Uh, Yeah, it happens. What can you do? Anyway, let's just jump in to who I have for you guys today. Uh, today's going to be really fun. You guys are really going to like this episode. Uh, this is the only time on the show that I have ever, this is probably the only time that I've ever told somebody that they should start their own podcast. Uh, but in the the towards the end of the episode, I tell Charlie, I have Charlie Hershey on, uh, who is a black belt from Kansas City. He runs his own school. He is also a, a firefighter and he's a super interesting guy. And I really, really think, that you guys are going to love his opinions on just jujitsu uh not just training uh not just mindset but kind of the culture of jujitsu and, and things like that you guys are really going to enjoy it he, he really offers a, a cool perspective but it's his way of communicating it that i think is unique uh, he does a really really good job communicating his perspective uh to you guys i think it, really could be helpful to a lot of people that listen to this especially if you are somebody that doesn't get to train at a huge school uh you know you don't get to train uh at at a school that people recognize when they see the name of it and i think there's more people doing jujitsu that deal with that than anything you know there are only a handful of really big name schools in the united states and uh i mean even around the world there there aren't a ton of a huge name jiu-jitsu schools, and so when you get guys uh, like Charlie who kind of started in the middle of nowhere, and were, we're able to become a black belt, we're able to compete leading up into black belt and compete as a black belt and be very good. Uh, that's actually how Charlie, or yeah, Charlie and I uh, met uh he uh Devin Prata and I were all Devin was just on an episode a few episodes ago I should have looked at what number that was but uh uh, Devin was just on that's an awesome episode you guys should really check that out if you love to hear uh crazy stories about training uh, I think that would be an episode for you guys but uh you know, Charlie and I met as Brown belts. We actually uh, fought each other and became friends after that because uh, he's just a good dude. And, you know, it's just similar stories. You have guys that come up and it's a struggle. You're trying to make a name for yourself, uh, whether in Granite city, Illinois or, uh, Lawrence, uh, Kansas. And you, you look at this as like, these are towns. Nobody's ever heard of. They have gyms. Nobody's ever heard of, uh, But they have black belts that are still legitimate black belts, and that's because they figured out how to learn on their own. They figured out how to get good, and uh, Charlie definitely has done that, and you guys will really love to kind of get his perspective on training, on mindset, and everything that we talk about. Uh, But before we jump into the episode, I never get on you guys. I never get mad at you guys, but I'm a little mad at you guys. So... I was looking at some, uh, some of the, what do you call that analytics? I was looking at some of the analytics for the podcast the analytics are looking great numbers keep going up. Uh, uh it's, it's uh, really cool. There has not been a day in a long time that like hundreds of people, uh, have listened or haven't listened to the I suck at jujitsu show better way to phrase that, uh, every day for the past while more than hundreds of people. Hundreds of people, not more than, yeah, hundreds of people have listened to the I Sucker Jiu Show. After that horrible English, probably less. But here's where the problem comes in. You have all those people listening, tons of listens. It's going great. Things are, everything's great. Everything's going exactly the way it should be. And then guess what happens? I look at my reviews on iTunes and there are only 27. Half of the people that listen to this podcast listen on Apple Podcasts, yet less than 1%, probably less than a tenth of 1% that have listened to the show have left a review. So if you guys listen on Apple Podcasts, please give me a review. I would love if that review was five stars, but if not, just be honest. If you hate the show, go ahead and tell us. Uh, but I would just love if I got a little more interaction. I would love if you guys uh let others know about how much uh you 're getting out of this show and I know you 're like, man, but if I let my let my training partners listen, well then they 're gonna be better than me well, that probably won't happen don't worry I will only tell you the secret still and not your training partners but Make sure to give a review uh, if you guys have a free second and if you listen on Apple Podcasts. But without further ado, let's jump right into the episode. Charlie, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm not too bad, man. How are you?
0: I am doing good. It's been a good day so far. Uh, I thought we could start something not jujitsu related that I found really interesting in doing some research. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the Mad Greek.
1: Oh, man. Uh, a mad Greek is a restaurant. My parents, uh, my mom and my stepfather owned for 30 years. And, uh, whenever I was 18, I was fresh out of high school. They asked me to come up and move up and help them run that. Uh, so I was like, uh, oh, like all my whole life growing up as a kid, I was like, Oh, you know, I want to move with my mom and I want to help her run the restaurant. It's going to be this awesome family affair. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. And so they straight up asked me like, Hey, move up. We need you here right now. So like I broke my lease back, back home in Missouri. And I moved how, up. How old are
0: you at this time?
1: Uh, I was just about to turn 19. Oh, all right. <laughs> so I, uh, I moved up and got all my stuff unpacked and I was there and my stepfather took me out in the front yard and he was like, Hey, we're, we're, we're leaving for Greece for eight months tomorrow. And, uh, they kind of threw me into the, threw me into the fire there. So like I was a 19 year old, Having to learn how to run a business and balance a checkbook and like order food for, you know, this company that sold over a million dollars a year in food and like manage 30 and 40 year olds that had been there for like 15 years and stuff like that. But yeah, that's kind of, that was an interesting part of the journey of
0: my life. What, What was the learning curve on that? What do you feel like by the end of the eight months that you were in good shape or were you still struggling at that point?
1: Oh man. So, I mean, to to relate it to jujitsu, it was like, you know, being, being, I felt like I was still a white belt at the end of it, but like I did my best and I survived. It was like you back whenever, like you and I started training, like there wasn't like this, you know, like, oh, you know, we're all nice and we're going to hold your hand through jujitsu, at least for me. And I'm sure it was the same for you. It was, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to join this and you're going to get ragdolled and you're going to have to earn your spot, Mm -hmm. uh, and that was very much what it was for probably the first five years. I learned a lot about talking to people, communicating with people and, you know, understanding just in general how to deal with people and cope with stress.
0: Um, so on that, this was a, just a setup for a highly debated topic, too. Yeah. I feel like you should be the expert on it is it Euro? Is it gyro? Uh, what is the, what, it, what is it called?
1: It's Euro. It's Euro. Not, definitely not gyro.
0: See me and one of my buddies almost got in a fist fight like two weeks ago. Cause he was claiming gyro and I'm like, uh, it's not, no. it's not gyro dude. And so uh, I'm glad that I, I need, I'll make sure to, as yeah. soon as I get off of the podcast, I'm going to text him and let him know.
1: You're on the winning side of that argument. I'm half Greek. So I,
0: I know. Good. So, before we move on, if I were to go to, uh, it's Lawrence, Kansas City, or Kansas, I mean, Lawrence, Kansas? Lawrence, Kansas, yeah. If I were to go to Lawrence, Kansas and eat at the Mad Greek, what should I get?
1: Uh, the, probably the combo dinner. It's got like a little bit of everything that's Greek. It's got spinach pies. It's got tzatziki. It's got gyro, um, pita, musika, which is like a Greek casserole, and like a, something called a dolma. It's like a rice stuffed rice and beef stuffed grape leaf. But yeah, that that's what I would get. That's what I tell everyone to get whenever they go.
0: And then am I finishing with baklava? Is that the man? So that's one thing. Like whenever
1: uh, we left and we sold it to who we sold it to, like that's the one kind of a thing that we left to them. But like they kind of kept up with it. Like we were always known for our desserts. Like, and so they have always just a crazy dessert selection. So uh, I'd I'd say leave, if you're gonna get something that you weren't gonna get anywhere else, get the chocolate baklava, chocolate halva baklava.
0: All right, all right, that'll be. I'll I'll keep that in mind next time yeah. I'm I'm around. I'll I'll make okay. sure to. I'll
1: have you. I'll have you out, and we can go there after.
0: That sounds like a plan. That sounds like a plan, man. So, uh, that I'm sure that helped you with being able to run a business like you have a jujitsu school now. Do you feel like you kind of had a leg up on some of the other people that? start their own schools?
1: Uh, yes and no. So my full-time job, I'm like, I'm a career firefighter mm-hmm. uh, and paramedic. Uh, whenever I left the restaurant industry, man, I did learn a lot about business. And whenever I hear about people talk about starting their jujitsu school and they're talking about, you know, going through the process, I, there's a lot of times where I'm like, ah, uh, you know, like you're not, you're not thinking all the way through, like you don't understand the checks and balances of this, like you don't understand where your bottom line is really going to be your bottom line. Uh, but you know, for me, like for me, my school's not really about money. Uh, for, for me, it's to have a, you know, I felt like something was missing in Lawrence as far as jujitsu. I wanted to create an environment where, you know, really, really tough people could go and beat the crap out of each other if they wanted. But if Joe Blow from off the street just wants to come in and try to be a little bit tougher. uh, You know, they can do that, but yeah. So for, as far as the business side, I'm really loose on the business side. Like I have people sometimes come for a month and they're like, Oh, Hey, should I pay? And I'm like, (laughs) Oh yeah, sure. And you know, I express to them, like, you know, I appreciate you coming up to me because you know, the, the reason I started it was to have that environment, you know, big goal of mine with the school is to eventually for the paying members, like, have free seminars, like free seminars of like you know, have you out or have Coyotera out or have you know just whatever big name out. That's the big goal of my club.
0: That's really cool. What, where does the uh, where does the personal responsibility come in when you say I knew that there needed to be jujitsu in in Lawrence? What, where does that like, um, is that something that you have felt before in different aspects, or was that purely? from thinking about jujitsu, and you said, Oh yeah, this is going to be the best, the best thing for me.
1: So, uh, there is another Jiu Jitsu school here in Lawrence and nothing to knock on them, but I helped teach there for a little bit and, uh, they're good people. It's a, it's a decent little club, but like, just for me, you know, I never really liked the business end of things. And I wanted it just be an environment to where like, Hey, like if you can't pay, like I'm going to help you out. Like, not that I can do that for everybody, obviously, but I'm, you know, I wanted to run something that was really more about the martial, the martial arts and a place where people could say like, I'm going to go here. And like, my goal is to be a world beater. Mm -hmm. And I need, and you know, my instructor goes out and he trains with, you know, tries to find the next best thing always. And he's always got my best interest in that I can go here and with the right people, I can train as hard as I want, Uh, and that was something that I just felt like was missing uh, in Lawrence. And again, it's not a knock on the other club in town; it is a great club, and I'm friends with the people there. But it's just a little, little different environment, you know. It's a different mindset.
0: the The mentality is different. Let's jump right into a little bit of mentality in that sense. When you are looking at at training in general, day-to-day training, what is your mentality of coming into the gym?
1: Uh, so you know, I think about jujitsu all the time. Like,
0: <laughs> you know, I'm,
1: whenever I'm at work, like and the next day, I'm thinking about the, my lesson plan. Like I'm always thinking about having a good plan and a good flow for the month. But like my, my mentality in training is, I'm one, I try not to be too serious, right? I like to joke with my guys. I like to have fun. Uh, I'm not the coach that, you know, if you're late, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yell at you. Uh, it's not going to be pushups. If I know that you're late consistently for no other reason than being late, you know, I'm going to get on to you, but like, it's adult education. Like I I don't want somebody to not come in because I'm going to be five minutes late. Like, uh, you know, but I, I I do expect a certain level of uh, respect as far as that goes, but like, I tell everyone, I told like we had a new guy that came in from Mary's BJJ from Arizona this last week. And I say, I don't have a lot of rules in our club. Like, I don't care if you bow onto the mat or anything like that. I, if you're late, if you have to be late, I just want you to come. But when you're on the mats and I teach a technique, you're drilling the technique the whole time, the whole time. Uh, and if you, you know, if you're not, I'm going to ask you when the DVD's coming out you know, because you, you apparently haven't mastered. Um, is that then, your go-to,
0: uh, is that your go-to insult when the, when is the DVD coming out? Yeah. And uh,
1: honestly, that's kind of, sto- that's stolen from uh, a guy that a black belt that I used to train with every night. Now- well, actually I trained with them a lot, but not as much as some people in the area. Dustin Dennis.
0: Uh uh-huh. He used to <laughs> say that, say
1: that a lot. I got a lot of, I got a lot of cleanisms that I still carry every that- now and that I'm just like, they're very useful.
0: Yeah, that one's solid, man. I always I'll always ask my guys uh, uh, anytime I get the the questions that are like, well, what if he just does this? I always yeah. love to say, uh, hey, uh, how about I just head out? You teach class for us. Yeah. And uh, that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite uh, student yeah. insults, passive aggressive bashings yeah. uh, that, that, you know, that you get in front of everybody.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm like, well, what if a meteor came through the window and struck the earth and then training's over? I mean, that's just a completely (laughs) different scenario.
0: (laughs) That is very true. That is very true. It's a different situation. What if we weren't doing jujitsu and you could allow strikes, you know, like, well, it's different then, man. What what
1: if he, what if he karate chopped me in the throat? And it's like, well, I'd probably be writhing in pain on the floor.
0: Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have been playing daily Hiva guard then, you know, probably wasn't the best, best position for you. No, definitely not. Uh, But anyway, back to your uh, just standard mindset of training, what you're looking at when you're coming in, in training.
1: Oh, yeah. the whole time. Right. Um, Work the whole time. Right. Always like if we're, you know, jogging around the mats, which we don't do a whole lot, but like, if we're doing some movement drills, you know, I expect you to hustle hustle to the end of the mat and get there. Like I want hustle the whole time. Like I'm certain people, right. That's like, that's their thing. Like that's, what's going to make them tough. Like pushing through to, you know, maybe jog to the end of the mat or and get to the next movement drill or what I'm really, really big on. Like I'll, that's very few things. Like I'm probably the chillest coach ever. I'll let you get away with a lot of stuff, but I put the timer on for, you know, six, seven minutes for the rounds and you have one minute get your water and be with your next partner rolling not one minute and 15 seconds not one minute and 10 seconds not one minute and five seconds you got one minute to get your drink slap your hands with your next partner and
0: go I like that I think that's a really important thing
1: yeah you got to answer the bell right like an IBJJF like I don't think there's any much more intimidating to you know Whenever you go out of bounds or they tell you to tie your belt or whatever, like, and you're not that guy that's having to do that. You run to the center and you're
0: ready. Mm-hmm. I like think, let's, yeah, let's
1: go. Let's do this.
0: I think that, uh, you know, just it, it kind of, it maybe, maybe this takes a little bit different of a turn, but I think that understanding that jujitsu isn't just technique, uh, oh, yeah. understanding because I, I have beaten guys whom I have better or ha, who have better technique than me. And I have lost to guys that I have better yeah. technique than them. Uh yeah, but definitely. so much. Yeah, there's so many different layers uh to jujitsu and just by being strict with yourself and saying yeah. like each time um uh each time I'm gonna go I'm training I'm there to train you know I'm yeah. either training or I'm not I'm there to train hard I'm gonna be at the start of every bell i'm going to be ready to go you know if we're doing bad positions and we only have a 10 second break in between we're switching yeah. partners and getting somebody new uh and i think that that is such a mindset that isn't as popular because uh it's not for everyone you know yeah, do, no, do definitely you, not do you deal with that when you have guys coming into your gym that like it isn't uh, they they realize very quickly that maybe uh the mentality isn't for them?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, (laughs) we have, we have, uh, you know, some people from the other school come in, some people from other schools come in and like, it is definitely a different mentality. And I think for the most part, people adapt really well to it. But like once, especially like at the end, once you explain to them, it's like, okay, like, I don't care that you're not ready. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care that you're not rested. Like take your beating, Mm -hmm. right? If, if, If you're not ready, Take your beating like it's what you need, like be ready, like I'm a big name, like if you sign your name on the dotted line for something like you say you're going to do something or a competition or whatever, uh, like in weather, you know, barring extreme circumstances, if I've signed my name on the dotted line for something and I'm there to do it, like I'm going to take my beating uh-huh. if if I have to, you know.
0: And yeah, you just you show up and you fight. I think that, that is uh Yeah. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, oh, we're, good. we're good. Um but yeah, I think that is a I think that the the mentality of Uh, it's okay to lose and you probably learn a lot from taking your beating uh, is a very ignored mentality. Uh, If you were training with clean, I feel like that was the most important thing uh, out of everything else. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm sure pirates told you a ton about, you know, I met pirate and pirate through clean. I met Baba just at a tournament years ago, but like, I remember clean would invite me and this other dude named Henry, over to train with uh, David and uh, David and Pirate and man, like the wars he would put us in, like we would fight and we would fight and like you know somebody would always have the edge for a while and uh, like Henry would be going with De- or Henry would be going with uh, Devon and I'd be going with David and we'd fight and it wasn't until the other person won. Like, so, like, say me and David were going, and say, like, I was just catching him on a points or like a submission or whatever. It wasn't until the other person had won, you got to stop training. Like, and, like, and this is after like an hour and a half of throw by drills, uh, like Tories and whatnot. But, like, yeah, he would make the other, like, he'd always pick somebody that had a little bit of an edge over the other person, and you would go until that other person broke.
0: That that is uh, that sounds like very similar to what all the stories that I hear uh, about clean. My my favorite one I've told on the podcast before, uh, he did a seminar one time at a school. And the next day, and we were part of the affiliation, the next day they were doing an in-school tournament. I didn't yeah. go to his seminar, but uh, he was reffing matches. And he was coaching the guys. That went to the uh, his <laughs> seminar while he was refing matches to a point where I had this guy in a loop choke in closed guard, full on tight loop choke, and he gets down on his hands and knees and is whispering in this dude's ear, "Come on, man, you got to push on the elbow. You can do it." And I'm like, "Dude, you're the ref. <laughs> what, yeah. What's going on?"
1: Yeah, he, clean, clean as a clean as a trip. He was a very important part of my jiu-jitsu journey, whether or not I've, you know, I like to think like, uh, as a, as a child, whenever you see your parents raise you or whatever, you always think about the things they did great. But then you always think about like, Oh, well, I don't want to be this way. Mm-hmm. Like I got, I got a uh, good amount of both of that from training with him. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of, a lot of toughness stuff from training with him. But there's also things that I got that I'm like, maybe I don't want to, maybe I don't want to be that guy who puts my, puts my Uki to sleep in the middle of the <laughs> session. But
0: I, I could see that. I could see how that could deter people from coming to the gym too. I could, uh, yeah. there are he's times a, that people are, yeah, there are times that people are just kind of, uh, weenies and that's why they don't come back. But sometimes, yeah. you know, if you're getting choked unconscious a few times per, uh, per, session i'd be like ah, yeah. you know what i'm questioning it i'm questioning it too uh so yeah. on that note when, uh your lineage we kind of talked about this before uh and just a, yeah. a little bit before we started um but your lineage is very mixed with who you uh who you have gotten your belts under and who you've trained under correct
1: yeah yeah t- completely i think uh one thing i I really feel strongly about especially in the Kansas City area particularly is for the most part I kind of think you know people don't give credit where credit's due and kind of lineage in Kansas City is kind of BS like (laughs) I mean and that's not talking crap on anybody uh like it's just like you know it's just recognizing where your skills are really coming from you know and it's it's not you know, I didn't learn from uh, Maeda, you know, because so-and-so, so-and-so a um, hundred years ago did like, you know, and I understand the concept of lineage. I do think it's important to kind of understand and know the process, but I just, I think Kansas city lineage, uh, it, it's just a big bastardization of people don't really understand,
0: mm-hmm. you know, And I think that that wouldn't matter if you didn't run into as many people as you probably do that say stuff like, oh, well, I train under this school and this is who. And in truth, people that believe that stuff are uh, ignorant, right? Because you don't, Uh, I mean, if you train directly under someone, obviously you are learning from them, but um, like my coach, Kyle, uh, I have been under my coach, Kyle, since day one very, 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 very few techniques do we do that are the same. Like, I bet you there are probably like 10 moves in all of Jiu Jitsu that he and I do exactly the same. And that does not mean I didn't come up under him. It's just Jiu Jitsu is an art. And to act like it stays the same from one person to the next or from 10 people down to you is the most ignorant thing ever. Uh, I would say... Uh, and I just wanted your opinion on this. Would you think that lineage was more important back in the day before there was as much, uh, I guess, just easy way to get new techniques uh, before well, like we had the internet, before we had BGJ fanatics yeah. with everything?
1: Definitely. 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 Super was more important back then. Now I just think the, Widespread information availability—you um, know—it's just you can't really say that you. It's it's the people that you actively train with that you actively like. Your lineage, Kyle. That's that's definitely that's your lineage. Like you were you were there. My lineage, right? Like you know, I spent a lot of time with Clean, but like really, I spent my time with you know, I spent my time with Devin. I spent my time with blah blah. I spent my time with Travis Conley. I spent my time with, uh, you know, Taylor Kettler, uh, now, like it goes, the lineage always keeps going. Like you met my new purple belt student named angel, uh, I've messed up his name. I always mess it up. Uh, (laughs) I think, but, uh, you know, he's, he came here from California from Josh Barnett and like, dude, now I've got a whole new piece of my lineage. Now that I'm learning, I'm learning like all this weird catch wrestling stuff where you're, crushing people's diaphragms constantly. (laughs) Uh, and you know, that's, you know, that's what I think lineage is. Like I came up like kind of like Ethan day was my first coach, like my first real BJJ coach. And I've, he's come and gone a million times, like as far as to Brazil, to Japan, I was in Colorado and I always touch base, uh, with him. And, you know, he's still, I consider him part of my lineage because he spends time with me and, you know, he talks to me, he actually coaches me. gives me gives me advice and works with me, but like, you know, I'm under Kaiotera. like Coyotera is my association. I feel like, and I, I've really embraced his game, like going through his curriculum and learning it. Uh, but, you know, I chose to associate with Coyotera not to say like, Oh, well, I'm a Cuyotera, uh black belt or whatever. And like, no, like I chose to go under Coyotera because his morals and his work ethic and his ideas like I identify with and you know like I feel like it's something that I want to represent
0: you know and I, I do that makes any sense it does it makes perfect sense so I think a lot of times too people like to uh pull the old uh I get I'm a black belt and I switch affiliations and then I'm like yeah, I'm under kayo you know, I, I, uh, you know, me, you know, he, I train with him all the time. And so like, dude, yeah. you met the guy twice. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that that is, uh, those are generally the people that are big on lineage is the people that yeah. don't have, they're looking for an identity for their jujitsu. And they say, oh yeah, well, that's, that's who I'm under now. That's what my, uh, my jujitsu identity yeah. is.
1: I- Exactly. I chose Kaiyo because, like, man, like I met, uh, I met Kayo and I met uh, Nick, the other half of his. Association. Like, like they kind of just took me under and they were just like really nice to me, giving me business advice, telling me the things I need to work on for my business. And uh, you know, they just had a just general attitude of, uh, you know, one, it's only jujitsu, and two, like, you know, have fun and like we're like let's help each other let's help each other have better jujitsu let's help run each other's business let's let's blow each other up and uh it's just they were just so positive and i was like i just want to be a part of what you guys are growing like the and it's been great to be a part of that but like i'll never be like yeah you know i'm a i'm a coyote black belt and it's like yeah i mean i'm under Kyo. like i text him i'll send him videos of techniques i'm working on and whatnot he always dude so willing to help out but you know, my jujitsu, like right now, I'm still cutting my teeth with Devin. I'm still cutting my teeth with my students. Like that guy, the an angel that came, brought his like two-time national champion wrestling coach. Like now that's a part of me. Like
0: uh-huh. that's who I am. Yeah, that was, uh, it was, I uh, showed up that Sunday morning like two weeks ago. And I'm like, yeah. okay, we're going to get some training. Like, oh, cool. Charlie's here. Haven't seen him in a while. Man, who's this, who's this purple belt that he's got? Like, I don't want to roll with this kid. He looks tough. And then I did a few rounds and I was like, I'm feeling good. And then uh, I was like, no, I'll try to avoid him the best I can. And then we got to the point where you go, hey, Josh, will you roll with my purple belt angel? And I go, oh, oh, no, don't make me do this. And I shot a sweep single on him and I bounced off of him. And I went, ah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought was gonna happen here. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I thought. Uh, yeah, that was a, that yeah, was a just, rough one. But those guys, those guys are so, um, those type of guys are so important to have at your gym. Guys mm-hmm. that are, that are just your top guys because they make everybody better, uh, whether teaching or whether just giving people something, somebody to. to try to get you know somebody to try to strive for that's um that's different i remember when kyle you know when i was a blue belt i would roll with kyle and i was his highest belt and obviously it wasn't close when i would roll with kyle but then all the other white belts i would roll with it wasn't close and then we would get visiting purple belts that would stay for six months and it was like finally i have somebody that's that's better than me but just enough that i can I can try to chase that, you know, and, uh, give me that yeah. next building block. And those guys just having guys that are good at, at grappling, uh, is so is such an important factor, uh, into running a gym. I, and on that note, cause I know you do put a lot of thought into it and I know not a lot of people put a ton of thought into what they're teaching and how they're teaching. But I wanted to kind of ask you about, um, with your classes do you kind of have a curriculum or do you just um you know kind of how do you run your how how do you teach your students technique is basically what i'm asking
1: yeah so it changes from fundamentals to advanced right uh so for like our fundamentals class one of the things we do uh and which i i love some people might not like it but i love it uh whenever i join the coyote association like the expectation is to know and understand and be able to teach Kyotera's fundamental curriculum. So like I joined uh, his association and I was like, okay, so, you know, I went there for a couple of weeks. I trained with them. And like, I'm thinking, okay, you know, Americana class, like I can do, I can do an Americana
0: uh-huh. or whatever.
1: And it's like, you know, you go through what a 12 time world champion thinks whenever they do a, an Americana and it's like, wow, I don't know jiu-jitsu at all.
0: And, and then, it weighs like, 115 pounds too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and for sure. yeah, The amount of technique you're going to need to finish that Americana is substantial, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yeah. And he, like, you know, I remember one day, like he, I'm pretty good at, like, half guard. And he was, like, doing half guard passing as part of his fundamental class, like, showing us how, what his expectations are, which he also has online, which I highly recommend if anybody's looking to get like a solid base for their fundamental jujitsu, like Kyotera Online, their fundamental curriculum is insane. But like, I'm thinking he's doing this half guard, like, that would not happen to me. And then we roll, and I mean, he does literally the curriculum just in succession, no problem on I me. Mean, <laughs> I'm like 100, 180 pounds, like, and I. You know, before that, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I sucked at jujitsu, but then, <laughs> wow, I, I fucking suck. So, like, so for fundamentals, like, there's an expectation for people to get their blue belt. There's an expectation, like, they know what they need to know. Like, there's they have reference material because one, I teach it in a in a flow, like uh, in order. But, but for advanced, I kind of break it down and I go month by month. Like, this week is De La Hiva month, and we're gonna start with. Uh, breaking them down to combat base and then going to deep de la x and then what getting this tilt sweep okay what do i do if they uh get the sleeve back and i can't do the tilt sweep like i try to go in session on guards uh-huh. and then uh like next month we're gonna go into probably baron Bolo's because on the tilt sweep a lot of times if you do it well enough they'll fall backwards first which that just kind of uh-huh. flows in but like i try to Cause I always encourage the white belts and lower belts to stay for the advanced class, even people that like their third class, I'm like just uh-huh. like, because it's always going to end up in a position where you're going to be able to take something out of it. So I had this third class white belt and I'm, he's trying to learn deep Dela X this tilt sweep uh, to the back. And you know, he has no idea what's going on, uh-huh. but I'm like, we get to the back and I'm like, okay, here's what's going to happen. Like they're going to cr- curl up and this is how you open them up and get the back. And I was like, that's the one thing you need to remember. Uh huh. All this other stuff right now you're saying, Oh man, Charlie taught me this BS guard In two years you're going to be like, Oh, that wasn't BS. That was uh-huh. a thing.
0: That yeah. is I dude, I get that so much. My re- curriculum repeats every half of a year, not the techniques, yeah. but the positions. Uh, and so I will always notice that my students that come in at mm. like um, th- that come in and do a-, a month of side control, they don't seem to, to grasp it a lot of the times the first month. Yeah six months later they do side control and I could teach the exact same moves and they'll yeah. be like, "Oh, I get it now. I've rolled enough to understand why this situation is even important. I'm realizing yeah. that most of my time is spent either on top or on bottom in this position, and they start to learn it. And uh, I really think that having a, a curriculum like that, where you spend long periods of time on positions or moves, I really think that that is just infinitely more superior than, hey, yeah. uh, what do I feel like teaching tonight? I guess we're gonna do half guard, yeah. you know. And yeah. uh, even if the technique is the same, uh, just getting a month to focus on something and a month to learn something. Uh, Because every time we do it, we're always positional sparring and I'm positional sparring with my guys. And I will notice like, wow, I actually feel good at escaping this position now by the end of the month uh, and and just spending that time. Where did you kind of get that uh, the idea for your advanced class Um, like and, and running it that way?
1: Yeah. So it's been like a, it's been a process, right? Like, and, uh, it's sometimes it's a little difficult because I'm not the only teacher at my, at my club, but that's also a good thing. Cause like, uh, if like, I have one black belt, his name's Ryan Van Gorp and I have a couple Brown belts, uh, that, that will teach for me. And it's like, they come to my classes, but sometimes they can't, then that's okay. Uh, because for the most part, I like to keep a flow, but it's good for them to be exposed to like I have a guy named Zach Boucher. He's great, great at jujitsu. Uh, his daily hiva is completely different from mine, mm-hmm. so it might. It's sometimes it's a nice change change of gears. Sometimes people might not understand my the way or why I play daily Hiva, the way I play it. No matter how much I try to break it down for them, uh, but then they get to either hear the same thing explained a different way through different eyes or they get to see like okay well i like to do this and you know they get a different look so Mm -hmm. i think i like to think we have a really good thing going with the uh, variety of instructors we have and but we definitely do try to always keep on the you know keep on the same course uh because like you know just seeing something once or a position once and then moving on it's like i even whenever you show like that random white belt, if he came to every daily Heave class this month, he'll probably never even be able to get to the daily X. And that's, that's fine. And I always tell people, you know, did you do the technique? Well, no, I didn't. That, that <laughs> sucks. I'm like, ah, oh, that sucks. Okay. Do you understand the technique? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, yes, I completely understand the technique. It's like, that's the most important part. Like don't try to copy my moves mm-hmm. if you're copying my moves that's that's worse than that's worse than not knowing the technique or mm-hmm. you, know, you know uh understand it, and you'll be able to apply it later
0: i man I think that that is. I think that is dead on. I think that that is a big missing piece for a lot of people in Jiu Jitsu is a lot of things do repeat themselves or at least a lot of ideas, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. For example, controlling the head in a lot of positions, just learning to control the head is important. And if you only think about it as techniques, okay, I'm inside control. I have under the head and I have under the arm and then I'm in mount to to, I'll be under the head and under the arm and you never uh, recognize, Hey, it's nice that I can use these two techniques or these 10 techniques. They, they really all are the same idea. Uh, It makes it so much easier to learn jujitsu. And I think a lot of people uh, don't do that Uh, on our, uh, on, on this note, and this is kind of still on curriculum, but it'll transition us a little bit. Um, Is your teaching schedule going to be dependent on what you're working at your fire department?
1: Yeah, typically. Uh, so I work ten days a month, and they're twenty four hour shifts. Um, so I mean, there are ten days a month that I can't be at the gym, uh, mm-hmm. and that rotates. So it's like day on, day off, day on, day off, day on, and then I have four days off. Okay. So I find my my free time or like my days off. I put a very big expectation on myself to try to be there for every single class. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of been able to get a little looser, like sometimes I'll take the mornings off because I need to go condition or I need to go, you know, train with some of my friends so I can get a few different looks in. But for the most part, like I put a big on every class, which makes some things hard. But like, like I said, with the variety of instructors I have, like, I feel like uh, as long as the instructors are on the same page with what our goals in the curriculum for the next month or next week or whatever it is. Like, I think we, I think everyone's getting a huge benefit out of seeing those different looks.
0: I think that that's something that not a lot of coaches do a lot. Well, they do it only for necessity. They um, have people teach classes. Other people teach classes for necessity. And in truth, I don't think you always have to. I think that uh, like this month, um, I just started this. I'm experimenting with it. So it could end up being horrible and I could be completely wrong. But uh, uh, this month is like um, we have a month of random on our curriculum. We have five months that are always structured the same. And then our sixth month, we'll do something completely different. So maybe we'll do all leg locks or all something like that. Just something different, all wrestling, something like that. Uh, Well, this month is our odd month. And I go, you know what? I think we should do, uh, you know, I have a lot of purple belts now, uh, a few brown belts, and then a few black belts. And I'm like, I want these guys to get more experience teaching. And some of my black belts teach already. Some of my purple belts do. Some of my brown belts do. But I'm, like, I'm making like everybody who has a purple belt teach at some point this month. And so I just will just be like, hey, this day you're going to teach. I'll be there. So if you have questions, yeah. you can ask. But uh, I've noticed that every single, because they're just showing their best stuff. But every yeah. single class, I have learned something. From whether it's mm-hmm. one of my purple belts, whether some of them like will do three moves. I learned three new thoughts on techniques or something like that. But every single class uh, doing that, I'm like, well, if I'm learning something here, I'm sure that everybody else is too. You know, I'm sure that they didn't know yeah. this or they never had that perspective. And just, uh, you know, n- understanding that you don't have to teach every class is something that yeah. a lot of coaches, I think, never get to realize you know they teach every kid's yeah. class. They teach every adult class, and uh, I think it's a really good thing to note. You don't have to do that.
1: Yeah, I think that's huge. Uh, like a like angel guy came in. He's been with me for four months, and you know, purple belt comes in. Like I, I'm not used to lo- really losing any rounds in my gym almost ever, unless like I'm like you know you know playing with students, letting them do their thing. Uh and Angel came in and you know, he's yeah, he's a wrestler. Okay, no big deal. Okay, purple belt. He comes into Nogi and like we're going at it. And like next thing I know, goes oh, like he just passed my best position. <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, like now it's like I'm working my ass Oh, my like my diaphragm's being crushed. Uh-huh. Uh, like, so he does he does like the Josh Burnett like sit out, like uh-huh. uh and I'm like, Oh, okay, he's, like that
0: and then <laughs> i
1: guess i'm so, dying here <laughs> yeah and then we we keep going and then we have great rounds and like he just has good flow he's not like trying to murder anyone just rolling really well and having fun and a couple classes i'm like hey man like you know i'm good at gi or gi and no gi both but like i really prefer the gi and honestly like i'd like to learn some of what mm-hmm. you have and like like whether i'm here or not like i'd I'd like you to take some Nogi classes. Uh, and you know, he starts teaching. So I show up on the days that I'm off, I show up to his Nogi classes or his wrestling classes. Uh, and I do that. Like I have a blue belt that was teaching wrestling for a while that he does still do a great job. And whenever he does it and you know, I, you know, I love, I love building people up. Like, Cause sometimes like I have people will start teaching and I'm like, ah, you know, it's okay. And like, for me that that's hard. Cause I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, it's gotta be great. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a great performance. You know, you gotta, you gotta get people hyped. You gotta get uh-huh. people high energy, but like, that's your opportunity to play a different role as a coach,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to coach their coaching. Uh, I completely so, agree. Yeah. And again, like I've learned so much, about communicating with people in those roles and i've learned so much different jujitsu and wrestling because i've done that since we've opened our club like uh it's awesome to give people those tools to be able to teach because that's something that they'll be able to carry throughout their life and like really use so many other places
0: Mm -hmm. and it's like uh your jujitsu business doesn't just have to be you and it doesn't, you know, and it gets, it probably is better if it's not just you, you know, it probably, uh, if I'm teaching three or four classes in a day, there is no way that I can bring the energy that it takes to make them all really good. You know, uh, they can all be good, but just to make them all exceptional and, uh, or I could teach two in a day, make them really good. And then have two other guys that are learning to teach, learning to get better uh, kind of run the other classes and uh, you're right it's, it's a benefit for them maybe if they want to open up their own school or something like that. But I really think mm-hmm. that the biggest reason a lot of coaches don't do it is because they feel threatened. They feel like, well, if yeah. I show yeah. that if I show that I don't have all the answers, then people are going to are going leave you know or they're going to want to go train with somebody else. And, uh, maybe some people are, but you don't want those people in your gym anyway, you know, like you don't want to deal with yeah, people that, exactly that don't understand jujitsu in that sense. And they think like, oh yeah, if it's not a black belt teaching me, I can't learn, you know, yeah. you can't, you can't have that. And so, uh, yeah, I think that that is a, a really good, I would say just leadership quality that you have, but just not a lot of people, uh, even that I interview have, uh, people want to teach, teach everything. Um, yeah, but I tell sh- my
1: students all the time. I mean, I don't have all the answers. <laughs> like I've I've gone onto the mats, and I have a lot of answers because I've gotten my kind of ass beat a lot, and I've had to look for answers. But I don't have all the answers, and so any one of anyone in that room could have a better answer than me.
0: That's and man, that's so uh, it's so important. That's something that I always learned from my coach. He would always uh, every time we would do a seminar, he would go, "You guys know, I don't have the answers." Uh, and I brought this guy in because I'm pretty sure he's got him, And so, and that would always be his, you know, his intro to, uh, doing seminars. And that gave, uh, uh I think all of us a perspective of like, okay, you don't have to have, you don't have to act like, you know, everything, you know? Yeah. And, uh, uh, I think that that is a really cool thing to, to be able to, to have, but on the still relating to, uh. You being a firefighter, what is how do you keep up with your training uh, as a competitor while running a school and while being a firefighter?
1: Yeah. uh, So sometimes that's sometimes that's a challenge for Uh sure. Uh, Cause like, uh, you know, I take overtime or like I sometimes I I take a teacher's role in our department sometimes and like that's extra work, like whether it's at home or at the department. Uh, You know, I'm a paramedic, like a very, paramedic as well in my department so i help teach ems there um you know i at at work you know we get the opportunity to work out right Uh so i try to use those as my days like whenever i'm working out like i try to treat treat that like a jujitsu class like i tell my students like you better be working the whole time you know on the technique or whenever it's time to train it's time to train like you not not to dilly dally around so i try to focus on those things uh and then on my days off like you know it's the same like i try to make sure try to make sure i get my time with you know devin and my friend travis or like i try to meet up with angel and another student michael lynch like on the regular like my better guys to focus on different things uh but like i really just re it takes a lot of focus sometimes and you know other times like there's outside factors that come in like a hard night at work. Like you get, you're up all night and whatever. And you know, like I found, I found recently in the last couple of years that uh, I used to be like, you know, don't ever miss training for any reason. Like uh-huh. you say, you're going to be there. Like you you better be there. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, I've found, especially in the last couple of years uh, to kind of, you know, relax on that a little bit, take care of your, you know, the, your mental health a little bit too. Cause sometimes in life, you know, you don't know what other people have gone through the day before that day. And sometimes they might cancel on you. Uh, and that's fine. You know, you reach out to them and see what they're doing and whatnot. But like, I mean, even myself, like I've had to cancel a random training session. Cause you know, I just had a really tough night at work uh, via like whatever, like something I saw or, or being up all night, you know, um, it does take a lot of focus sometimes, especially in tournament season. It takes a lot of me to say, you know what? It doesn't matter that I had a rough night. I have to, I it's time. It's time Mm -hmm. to go. But I do have to be aware of those, uh, situations where it's actually hurting me to be there. Like it's, there's a point of diminishing returns, Mm -hmm. uh, then everyone else, you know, I tell everyone, like, I want you to find your balance, but I also want you to make a commitment, right? Make a commitment to, like, I got to be there this many times, you know? And if you miss it because of whatever family thing or this or that, like, do your best to make up for it somewhere else another time. Uh-huh. You, have to take, you have to take care of your mind so whenever you show up to jiu-jitsu, you can really, uh, you know, maximize what you're getting out of it.
0: All right. There are a few things I want to pull from that. That was good. Uh, I would say, I, uh, let me ask you this first. If somebody struggled with that, somebody struggled with the balance of jujitsu in a sense of when should I push myself? Cause actually uh, an episode yeah. came out today of recording that I did kind of all about that being burned out in, in yes. struggling in jujitsu. Uh, if you, um, you know, if somebody struggles with that kind of stuff of, when should I train? I, am I beat up? Am I, you know, am I too beat up to train? Am I reaching that diminishing returns? How would you give them advice on being able to get there?
1: Uh, man, gosh, everything is so individual on that. So like for me, for me, it's just kind of a general feeling. Like whenever I feel like, man, I don't, for me, like, if I'm like, I don't want to go to practice. Uh I don't, I don't, feel it in my heart because I love jujitsu more than anything I study when I'm at work I'm probably watching four hours of (laughs) jujitsu videos a day like in between whatever we're doing I'm thinking about the class like I'm thinking about everything and then whenever I'm not at work what can I do what can I do but whenever I'm feeling like man like I don't have it like you can't tell someone that they do have it you know you can whenever somebody's feeling that I usually still encourage them to show up you know, because I'll I generally show up, but I tell them like, hey, just show up. You don't got to roll. Have fun. <laughs> That's know? good. Just just have fun. Like don't like in like if it's a competition class, whatever. You know, like you don't got to roll. Just do the technique, and you know, I want you to enjoy being here. Like enjoy this opportunity and this moment and these people that are happy to see you. Uh and don't push it. Like just come and have fun. There's mm-hmm. no, you don't got to roll. You don't got to, you don't got to, you know, go crazy, you know, like just come, come and enjoy your friends because they want to enjoy you.
0: That's uh, really good advice. That is. And I,
1: I think that that idea has kind of, kind of helped me as well. Cause like, I mean, some days those hard nights at work, you know, personal stuff, like everything, everything piles on and nobody knows how how people deal with that stuff inside their mind Mm -hmm. so if i see someone that's like you know you can generally you know how your students are right and if you can see it on their face or you know how they're talking to you whatever you know it's like hey just don't worry about going hard like just uh you know go with joe blow white belt over there and like you know just have a fun round or just literally just sit back and watch like i'm happy you're here but that's the big thing. Like I try to tell my students, like I, you don't have to train when it's time to train, it's time to train, but whenever it's time to take care of yourself, like take care of yourself and, you know, realize that we're always here when you can't be that person that's going to go out on their shield and practice.
0: I, you know? I think that that is really sound advice for people. That's I for me, that's really sound advice for me. Uh, and it's something I struggle with so much as a, as a coach is like, hey, if I am here, I'm going to train. And if I'm going to train, I'm going to train to my full capacity yeah, with the best yeah. guys we got. And, uh, um, and I think that that's fun and that's fine. But I do, I have been, I've uh, just been dealing with a lot of injuries this year and taking days where I just go, okay, I'm going to still go teach class. And then I'm going to drill with a few guys during rolling or I'm going to yeah. only roll with our smaller guys and uh, some of our girls, you know, just people that aren't going to injure me worse or push me too hard, you know, and uh, yeah. kind of getting that is is really important. Uh, another note from earlier that I wrote was um, you're talking about getting a, you know, a group of guys together together in training what does and and there these guys are probably like they sound like they're all higher belts they are all going to be tough Mm -hmm. people they're good at jujitsu what is their uh what does the training look like is it live rounds sparring or positional sparring drilling what do you usually
1: uh so it depends so like uh i'll do i do my own competition thing uh whenever i'm up on sundays here in lawrence and a good amount of times like A lot of my other hard training, like I'll go up and me and uh, Pirate and Baba, like I'll go up with his guys and train because I know they have the mentality. So it depends where you go, right? Like for me at my gym, uh, most of the time it will look like the first first half of it's going to be positionals, right? And it's going to be hard positionals. Like it's not going to be like we'll do guards and whatnot, but it's going to be like they're on your back. They're on your, you know, they're smashing you from half guard flat and you've got three minutes and it's a fight like and like whenever I'm coaching those rounds like I'm I'm constantly changing the scenario Uh like if you were the you were the guy being smashed and half guard flat and you're down by you're down by one okay well you got up and you swept them technically you're up by one like no you're not you're, you're you're down you're down, you're down by five now. And there's 30 seconds. Oh my gosh!
0: Like
1: trying, trying to make them push the pace, you know? And regardless, uh, like, again, like I say, I have a few rules in my gym and one of my rules and I actually talked to had a big speech in my class about it last night. Like, I want you to go as hard as you're comfortable with. And I want everyone to train hard. I want everyone to be tougher. But like, I tell them like, whatever happens, if I ever see you get up, from around where you lost, or I put you in a situation where you lost, or whatever, uh, I'd better never see you get up with like an angry look on your face. Mm-hmm. You know, like never. That's never. There's no place for that in my training room. Like it's okay. What can I do better and whatnot? But yeah, my like I said, the competition rounds just pushing the pace. We're we're rolling for at least an hour straight. You got that one minute to one minute to recover, and then you're back in there. Uh, and every now and then, like, I think, feel like we're pretty, pretty basic, but we do make sure like everyone, every single person was made uncomfortable.
0: Uh, and, and that's really good. That's really good. Uh, training with that. I think that that is a, a really fun attitude to have. Uh, we're kind of to the end of our time. We always finish the podcast with the same question. So, uh, the question is this, I am at one of your seminars and I am a brand new blue belt. We're doing question and answer. I raise my hand and I say, uh, Charlie, I suck at jujitsu. How do I suck less? Uh,
1: I'm sure you get a lot of the standard answers of show, just show up, you know, Uh and you know, that's, that's a big part of it, but, uh, be present one, uh, And I'll take this one of the worst pieces of advice that I used to get from a coach, uh, after a tournament was, you know, whatever would happen would happen second place. You'd lose whatever they'd say. We'll train harder. That's uh, like, if I hear somebody say that, like Uh I want to explode or they'll say more fuel for the fire. And I'm like, like, dude, this fire is out of control, bro. Uh
0: Like, (laughs) Uh, it's not my just, toughness and my yeah. grit that lost me that match. No. It's,
1: <laughs> in class or in a tournament, be smart. Look at why you lost or look at the things you're doing wrong. What position did I lose? And then go through and fix the small things that you can fix. This, the answer is very rarely. Sometimes it is train harder. Some people are soft. But huh. A lot of times that's not the answer for like your average to decent jujitsu competitor. It's like train smarter. What did you do that lost you that match? Okay. Well you were doing this half guard pass that you hit on everyone, but this one person did this one little thing. Like you need to be aware of that. You need to be smart with your jujitsu and you need to, you know, be very uh, introspective and objective about what you're doing like oh that didn't that just didn't work because he's too good like no it didn't work because there was something you didn't know and it's your job to find that
0: that is a great answer on that and I love that the answer is not train harder I think you're right man people people really do not realize that Jiu-Jitsu technique is really important (laughs) they do you know we talked about how it is not the only thing you know you do have to be able to train hard you can't be soft you have to have those other things but you also remember most guys that you're fighting are pretty mentally tough you know you get to by the time you get to purple belt these guys are they're professionals they take it seriously uh you've got to you really usually have to beat them by being smarter than them you know oh yeah Definitely, I think that that is a great answer. If there uh, is there anything you want to say before we we end?
1: Uh, no. I mean, I guess if I had to say something uh, to anyone in jujitsu, you know, be aware who you really learn from. You know, don't give give your give your partners and your uh, coaches their due respect. Right, no matter who they're under, you're not like this you know, you're not under this, whatever, you're not under this banner. You didn't learn from my Ada and whatever, but give everyone their due respect, give your partners their due respect. Uh, because like I said, my lineage and whatnot is should really, especially in our area, the Midwest, like it's really your friends, like your friends that are there cutting their teeth with you and like out there doing it. So like, I have always try to shout out like my best training partners, my best friends, like, Tell my students like they're all my best training partners, you know, like Angel, Michael Lynch, all these people, like Devin Pirate, the people at Body Fit, uh, you know, people they bring people in like you, like I take from that. Like the, this is our lineage, like especially in the Midwest, like we're we're just struggling to keep up, right? <laughs> and I think I think we're doing I think we're doing a hell of a job, uh, but a lot of that stuff happens because guys like you guys like pirate guys, like, you know, you are constantly going out and looking for the answers, uh, and give that respect to your partners and your coaches, but also give them the respect and try to go out and do that yourself. Like go out and find the answers for yourself and bring that, bring back more, you know,
0: that is, uh, That's a good way. That's a good place to finish. If somebody wanted to follow you on anything, follow your journey, do you have uh, any place that they could do that?
1: Yeah. uh, My name is uh, on Instagram. I post a lot of stuff from my jujitsu and, uh, um, you know, tournament results and stuff from the school like Chaz Bucket with uh, T's C-H-A-Z-B-U-C-K-E-T-T you follow and give me a shout out. Like if you've ever, one of my favorite things is whenever random people that have stopped by the school or been to one of my seminars, they will message me and tell me like, Hey, like I hit that thing that you do, like that thing that you showed. And like, so if you've ever been to one of my seminars, man, like, especially please like follow me and, you know, let me know what you're working on and let me know how it's going. And like, I'd love to hear and see other people's journey too.
0: I think that that would be really cool. Not to add anything, uh, to your already full plate, but I, I think you might need your own podcast, man. I think there was <laughs> a lot of, a lot of good, good nuggets from that, and I think that there would be a lot of people that would listen.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your show, man. Like you're putting out really, really great stuff, and I almost a lot of times I feel like I listen to that Sean I told you I listen to that Sean Williams podcast. And I almost feel like, you know, I'm like, oh, man, like, I think the same way.
0: Like, (laughs) Dude, I feel the same. I do the same stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So uh,
1: it's great stuff you're doing. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, And, you know, thanks for what you're doing for Midwest Jiu-Jitsu. Really, like, yeah, man, this is a big deal.
0: Thank you for being on. Yeah, thank you. And that is the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, again, just a little reminder, if you did enjoy it and you were listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. Hopefully five stars. I'd be cool with four. I'd be a little sad at three. Nothing. Don't Don't leave any twos or ones. That would break my heart. But leave us a review. Uh, Let us know that you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you again to Charlie for being on the show. Uh, I know that you guys really enjoyed that one. If you listen to this show regularly, a lot of the talking points, a lot of the stuff we get on is very much what we talk about on the show, what we try to get to the bottom of on the show. And I really love the perspective that Charlie offered. So uh, that is all I have for you guys today. Something to just note something. If you guys are feeling generous, uh, I've always told you guys that at episode 100, I am going to uh, start sponsorships on the show. Uh, We're going to start running a few commercials. And don't worry, you're not going to get a show that has a ton of commercials and be really annoying. uh, But uh, you're going to get a show that has better production quality and is not done from my living room because... I'll be making money off this show. It's always crazy for people to realize, but technically I have never made a dollar off the I Suck at Jiu show. I'm probably negative uh, quite a bit on the I Suck a Jiu Jitsu show, just spending money to uh, to, to buy equipment and uh, to learn how to podcast. But that doesn't matter. I don't know why I went off on that tangent. I've been going off on a lot of tangents in my intro and outro. Uh, but if you guys want to either let me know if there's a company that you might think of that I should reach out to in order to get a a sponsorship for the show in five weeks when we release episode 100 or sometime after. Or if you guys uh, are business owners and would like to sponsor the show, please reach out to me. You can always reach out to me on Instagram at the Josh McKinney, uh, or you can email me josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. That is all I have for you guys today. I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day. I hope that you guys got a lot out of this episode like I did. I hope you guys uh, leave me a five-star review for the podcast. And most of all, I hope that you suck just a little bit less at jujitsu.